Thank you so much for being here today. If you're visiting here today, we welcome you here to Abundant Living Ministries. Those that are watching by internet, we say welcome, welcome, welcome. Nobody is here and nobody is watching by, by accident, but by divine appointment. Just let God be God. Let God speak to you. God has a word for you today, and it's going to be a new word. It's going to be a never, ever, ever word. I know today is Pentecost Sunday, and all across the world and all across you know, the United States, people are preaching on Pentecost. You know, it's so funny how Pastor Di and I were talking. is like, how do people who don't believe in the Holy Spirit talk about Pentecost? And that was like a great question. I'm like, and we looked at each other, and we were like, we don't know. I don't, you ever think about it? It's like, how do, what do people preach on Pentecost Sunday when they don't believe in the Holy Spirit? They only, they, you know, there's many people believe that it all ended when the last disciple died or the last apostle died. It all ended. But I'm here to tell you, it didn't die because God don't die, Jesus don't die, Amen. and the Holy Ghost don't die. Amen. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He changes not. Because for it to die means salvation had died, healing had died, restoration had died. Nothing dies when it comes to the kingdom of God. That's why you don't die. Oh, you think, oh, you think because your flesh, your flesh dies, why? Because of what? Sin. But your soul doesn't die. It goes somewhere for all eternity. Because when God creates, nothing dies. I want you to see that. And on Pentecost Sunday, I'm just waiting on the Lord. Like I said, I got about 12 messages. I'm trying to figure out which way the Holy Spirit, because I've been up. We hours praying, okay, God, what direction you want me to go? Because your people need to, they need to birth something. They need to birth this fire that's you, that you impregnated them with. And in this Pentecost Sunday, something happened. Aren't you glad Pentecost happened? Aren't you how many of you can raise your hand and say, you are better off now because of Pentecost than you were before? Because you've embraced it. You've yielded yourself to it. I love that part where we're seeing it. I yield it. I yield myself to it. Because that's exactly what took place. A yielding took place. Because without a yielding, there would have not been Pentecost. To lock yourself up for 10 days in an upper room with people. I mean, for 10 days they locked themselves up and they were praying. There was no social distancing. There was nothing. I mean, they were crammed in that. I mean, I remember, I mean, they, when, we, when I went to Israel, they took you to the upper room. And it was a pretty good sized room, but once... They brought all these people in. And I was like, for 10 days, they didn't sleep. It didn't say they slept. They didn't say they were partying. They were fellowshipping like Christians do because anytime Christians fellowship, what do we do? We eat. Because that's Christian fellowship. We're all good at that. We all know how to eat. But no, they locked themselves up. For Pentecost, not knowing 
when it would happen, how it would happen, and what would happen. They just did what Jesus told them to do. And God has not changed. He is still speaking, and he's still, still telling his church what to do. Do we have ears to hear? Do we have a heart to receive what Christ is telling us the way those disciples did? Because they saw the crucifixion. They saw, the, the, they, they, saw, they saw all the things that took place. They saw the, the burial site. But then they, see, they seen him resurrected. They see him ascend into heaven. And they left with joy. Why? Because they believed. And they, and they were willing to obey what Jesus told them to do. Now in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, we see here, this is our scripture for the year, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was giving us in Christ Jesus before the world began. See, ALM, I want you to see this. This scripture right here in 2 Timothy chapter 1.9, Pentecost did not come by their works. Did not come by their works in that upper room. It came according to the purpose and grace of God. It was God's purpose and grace that they would be filled with the Holy Spirit. It was God's purpose and grace that tongues of fire would come upon them. It was God's purpose and grace that a holy boldness would come upon them. As it did in Acts chapter 2. And we as, as ALMers, we have, we have been called with a holy call for Pentecost revival. Amen. This transition of power does not come by works. It doesn't come by works. You can't work your way into Pentecost. It doesn't come by works. I don't care how holy, sanctified, and full of the Holy Ghost you are. It does not come by works. But by the purpose and grace of God. What is God's purpose, grace, for today? Pentecost revival. That is the purpose and grace of God. Pentecost revival. That you be revived. That is what revival means. Revived. That you be revived. In, in what God created you to be. In his purpose and grace. Not according to your works, but according to his purpose and grace. And it was God's purpose and grace for those men and women in that upper room to be revived. To be revived the way God created man to be. When God created Adam, he, he said, let us make man in our image of life. He breathed in, into, that, into that vessel he created. And it came alive. But because of sin, that life was snuffed out. And God says, I got to change my creation. Jesus Got the ball rolling. Jesus had, defeat, had to defeat sin before the Holy Spirit could come. He had to take care of the devil. He had to take back the keys that first Adam gave up. 
And because he was willing to do that, it set the motion for the Holy Spirit to come and revive man back to God. And God is ready to breathe on you. God is ready to pour himself into you in this Pentecostal revival. Now, Pentecostal revival is about shutting the influence of hell down by being bold with Holy Ghost power. Pentecostal revival is shutting the influence of hell down. We're called to shut hell down. In other words, where the born-again believer goes, where that person that has been revived by the Holy Spirit, wherever that person goes, hell has to shut down. That's how much authority the church has. That's how much ability the church has. Why? Because all power, all authority comes from Jesus, according to Matthew chapter 28. But the ability comes through the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 2. Ignited that ability in those men and women in that upper room. See, it wasn't just the men that were called. It was you women that were called too. That's why when, when men and, and these, these, these people out there have a problem with men, women preachers, you got, you know what, you need to shut your mouth. Because there was men and women in that upper room that was anointed with fire. And you women out there, you have, you, you've been silent too long. It's time for you to step up and shout. But you men in here, hey, don't, don't, don't look to your wife to do it. you got just as much power and, a thought, and a, a ability in you too. Be revived. Oh, Pastor Thad, I messed up. Who hasn't? You think that stopped God? Come on, look who he picked. He picked fishermen. Who would pick fishermen to preach the gospel? You would think he would grab some, um, some Pharisee, some, second, some person who knew the word of God. No, he picked a fisherman. He picked a tax collector. God forbid a tax collector preach the gospel. After you get saved, I'll do your taxes. Then he grabs a physician. And of all the, of all the fishermen, he gets the biggest mouth ever named Simon Peter. Who would cuss you out, cut your ear off, and deny you all at the same time. Oh, he did that. Look who he picked. So don't come to God and it's like, I have sinned. All of us have sinned. That's why Jesus went to the cross. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so glad Jesus went to the cross because I had a lot of sin in my life. Come on, who can agree with that? Hold on, wait, wait, wait. I'm not going to hold the microphone up here and say, tell me your sin. No, we're not going to do that here because it's all under the blood. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's been... Oh, that's over with. It's been consumed. It's over with. No, it's gone. If God has forgotten about it, guess what? Forget about it. If God has forgotten about your sin, stop talking about your sin. It's been forgotten. I just gave somebody some revelation. Hallelujah. But Pentecostal realm is about shutting hell down, and that's what we're going to do here at Abundant Living Ministries.
We're going to shut the influence of hell down. We know, Satan comes to, we know Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy, according to John chapter 10, verse 10. And we know he strategizes against us, according to Ephesians chapter 6. But guess what? We have all power. And we have all the ability to shut the influence of hell down by being bold. By being bold. Everybody say bold. With Holy Ghost power. I'm telling you, that's what scares the devil. Someone who's bold in power and in ability of the kingdom of God. That scares the devil. Why? Because he ain't bold. Oh, he acts bold. He's like, he's like that, that toothless lion. Because he don't got no teeth. He plays like he has teeth. He don't got no teeth. He's been kicked in the head by the devil. You know, and by, the, by Jesus. Remember when Jesus stepped on his head, his heel. He put his, he put his heel on his head. And when he did that, he, he knocked the teeth out of the, out, of, out of the devil. Don't be scared of the devil. I'm going to say it again. Don't be scared of the devil. He's been rebuked. He's been rebuked. By who? The Lord. Hallelujah. He's been defeated. By who? Jesus. Through his death and resurrection. We have the keys of the kingdom. The church. Who's the church? Now we have been given this power, this Pentecostal revival power to shut the influence of hell down. Why? Because the prophet Isaiah was very clear when he said in, in, in chapter 5 verse 14, Therefore hell hath enlarged itself and opened her mouth without measure, and, the, and their glory and their multitude of their pomp, and he that rejoices shall descend into it. In other words, hell enlarges itself every day. But the church, who's the church? We have the ability, we have the power, we have the authority, we have the ability to shut the hell down. I want you to decree with me today. Not my family. Not my neighbors. Not my coworkers. Not my friends are going to hell. Because I'm shutting it down. Amen? Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Do you believe that? But to believe that means you have to operate in this Pentecostal revival. You have to operate in that Pentecostal revival, which a boldness comes upon you. And you got to look at your child and say, honey, honey, let me tell you something. You can say what you want. You can do what you want, but you ain't going to hell. You can cuss me out. You can hate me. You can shoot up, get drunk, but you ain't going to hell. Come on. Because what are you doing? You're not talking to your child. You're talking to that devil that has controlled that child for God knows how long. Don't blame yourself. You parents, stop blaming yourself. Oh, it's because of me. No, you ain't. You've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I cannot blame my parents for my stupidity. Because... When I talk to them, they ain't do nothing. This woman never done nothing. My father never did the things I did. So I can't. It's because it's a generational curse. It's because of you. You know, I am what you are. It's all your fault. I can't do that. I got to take ownership of my own stupidity. My kids cannot throw it in my face. Why? I said, you can't throw that in my face because I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. That ain't me anymore. Praise the Lord. 
That's on you. I didn't tell you. Did I take you to the, to the, to the bar? Did I take you to the drug dealer? No. Pastor Dad. Oh, you know what? Stop being all righteous. Because you know you smoked weed. You know you drink. You know you drink Jack. Oh, a little wine. Takes the pain away. Yeah, maybe takes a little pain away, but not the whole bottle. Come on. Come on, let's get real. A little, you know, oh, it's in the Bible, a little wine. Guess what? Yes, that, that may be true, but he didn't say the whole bottle. Everybody, listen to me. You may drink, well, I just have an occasional drink of wine. Yeah, you may start off that way, but I guarantee you this, it's going to go to a second cup, a third cup. Before you know it, you see those glass bottles they put you in the restaurant? That's, you do one pour, second pour, you're already almost done with that bottle. That's why I drink Jack. I'm a southern comfort man. Because I like to feel comfortable. I'm a gin and tonic. I'm a red striped man. Oh, I'm a Heineken. I'm a gross. Shut up that. <laughs> but it all, it, listen to me. Cut it out. I, I mean, you don't blame yourself. You need to look at your children. You need, to look at your, you, need to, you need to look at them and say, hey, no matter what you do, I got a promise from God. Yes, what you do hurts me, but guess what? You ain't going to see that hurt. You ain't going to see that hurt. You ain't going to see that hurt in me. What you're going to see is boldness. And I'm going to tell that devil, whether you like it or not, I rebuke you foul devil, you foul alcohol, drug-infested, fornicator, adulterer, profanity, lying Stealing devil, you are rebuked. Come on. See, when you got that boldness in you, you, you change. Why? Because you have yielded yourself to the Holy Spirit and you've allowed that Pentecostal revival to take over your life. You're not that same person. You're a different mama. You're a different daddy. You're a different child. You children out there, yes, you may come from a dysfunctional family, but guess what? You have the power. You have the ability to say, it ends now. I am not going to go through divorce. I am not going to be cheated on. I am not going to be, I'm not going to be abused, Amen. rejected. You can say that. Amen. See, this is what God was introducing in Acts chapter 2. Y'all have read it. I don't need to go read it. And if you haven't read it, go read Acts chapter 2, go read Acts chapter 9, and go read Acts chapter 16 because it talks about a word called suddenly. And when something suddenly happens, it happens. And it wasn't according to their works. It was according to the purpose and grace of God. Revival is a God thing. Man cannot create revival. I don't care how talented you are up on this stage. I don't care how much lights. I don't care how much sound. I don't care how much lasers or smoke or whatever it means. Cut the lights off and make it feel ooh. Man cannot create revival. But it's amazing how people will run to that and think, oh, we had revival. No, you didn't. You had a tickle. You had an emotional touch. And you play the right song, the right beat. It will, it'll catch you. 
But no. How do you know it's real revival? The, the evidence of a God will show up. The atmosphere will change. And you will find yourself on the floor. Because when the glory came in the Old Testament, all millions of Israel's lights fell to the ground. Even Moses fell to the ground. That's how you know it's God. I don't want you to get a tickle here. I want you to be transformed. Because a tickle ain't going to get you in heaven. Cutting the lights off, spending millions of dollars on lights and sound is not going to get you to heaven. Being transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit, the kingdom status is what's going to get you to heaven. And the only way that happens is that you got to preach the word. See, everybody agree with me today. Not my family, not my neighbors, not my coworkers, not my friends are going to hell. How do we know? How, how can we decree that? Because Jesus is the only answer. Because of Jesus. Jesus said in John 15, 5, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branch. In other words, how, how is hell influence going to be shut down? Through Jesus Christ. By us being an example of Christ everywhere we go. By us Letting people see Jesus inside of us. We are not, other we're not undercover brothers. We, we wear Jesus on the outside. We want everybody to see Jesus. We want them to see it. We want them to hear it. They, we want them to hear it. And, and, and we want our actions to speak louder than our words. In other words, what, what we say, our actions are going to it's going to show, hey, that person is a Jesus freak. That person truly is born again. They're not just one of those Sunday morning Christians that talk and praise and say they love Jesus, but come Monday, they're cussing like a sailor. Well, I only use the words in the Bible like hell. Are you going there? You use it quite a lot. Is that, I mean, if you speak, if you speak of something a lot, that means that's where you were to go. Instead of saying hell and say, haven't you? <laughs> Heaven, yes. We laugh. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Instead of using the D word, save you now. Come on. You're going to like, the people are going to like, what? Save you now. What are you doing? You're changing the atmosphere. You do not allow the devil. What are you doing? You're shutting hell, the influence of hell down. And you're not allowing the devil to speak. Because when you use language and, and properly and you understand words have power, you're changing. I know that sounds, well, that sounds crazy. Well, so does profanity to the born-again believer. Amen. I'm so sick of hearing profanity. I mean, we've used the F word like it's, like it's a part of, you know, that's a first, it's like, oh, that's the first word I learned as a baby. This is common language, the F word. My F word is faith. It's faith. Faith you! Faith! If you do something at the office, faith! 
What are you doing? I mean, hey, if you're going to use it, use it right. Faith! Say it with me. Faith! 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 And they're going to come in and say, are you okay? And I says, yes. He says, I have faith. Well, look at your hand. It's burned, but I have faith. Come on. Because Jesus is the only answer. And we don't use our word lightly. We, when we say Jesus, we know something's going to happen. You don't use it as profanity. What is revival? Here we go. Revival is divine redirection of the church from promised failure to promised accomplishment. Oh, I heard that before one time from a great man of God who's shouting with God right now. I'll be there soon. Hallelujah. We'll be there. We'll be there. Revival is divine redirection of church from promise failure to promise accomplishment of God's purpose, plan, and expectation. That's what revival is. Divine redirection of the church, because I know you're still writing, because y'all forgot about what Bishop preached a long time ago. Divine redirection of the church from promise failure to promise accomplishment of God's purpose, plan, and expectation. That is what revival is. Revival is the outcome of the purpose, plan, and expectation of a loving God. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit has made it a way for people to be saved, healed, restored, and transformed to kingdom status. In Acts chapter 2 was the beginning of revival that birthed the church. was the beginning of that Pentecostal revival that birthed the church. This revival has never left. The church has left revival. We are no longer hungry and thirsty for revival. See, revival's never left. God saves, heals, restores, and transforms is forever. We've left that. We've left the message. We left the truth. That no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, Jesus can always save, heal, restore, and transform people to kingdom status. It doesn't matter. You could be working, doing what you do for a living, but you can still get people saved. I'm a living example of that. I did it. Not because before I was a pastor, I was doing this. I was doing this as a young child in, in Lauderdale Lakes. Preaching. It doesn't matter. I was doing it in Miami over on 200, 206, around, around 206, around by the, by the Dolphin Stadium. Some people would call that the hood. I was there hanging out with people from the church. They're in heaven now. I had no problem going to these places when I was a kid. Mama, you mean to tell me your parents let you? Yes, they did. Didn't matter what color of the skin, what culture they came from. They were saved, sanctified, and full of the Holy Ghost. And when I went, I, I, would, I would share the gospel. I'd get on the roof and preach the gospel. I would tell people about Jesus. When I was in, working in the world, I would still do what I did, and I would still preach the gospel. You've heard me say this. They would, my, my nickname was Rev. Why? Because they knew where I stood. 
They laughed at me. They scolded me. They had nothing to do with me. But I tell you one thing, they always came to me when they needed help. And I was always there praying for them. I remember the woman, she had, she had cancer all in her head and she had all these growths growing in her head. And she says, Thad, I need you to pray for me. And every day I would pray, I would pray, I would pray. And, I'd li- and it's like, and she says, oh, you don't have to touch him. I says, no, 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 baby, I'm going to touch him. And I would put my hands on him. I said, in the name of Jesus, I curse you, growths. She, you will not die, but you will live. And she's still alive today. And I told her, it says, I can pray for you, but you've got to receive Jesus. Because what good is me praying for you and get healed and you ain't saved? No, I want you saved first. And she got healed. Still working. Doing our job. Doesn't take long. Even though they were using the wrong F word, I was using the right word. Faith. And I applied faith. Why? Because when you've embraced this Pentecost revival, it doesn't leave you. And you refuse to leave it. But the body of Christ has left revival. We're no longer hungry and thirsty for revival. The body of Christ is spiritually impoverished. They have run after silver and gold instead of hungering and thirsting for revival. Out of revival comes divine redirection, not silver and gold. I want you to show you. I've shown this to you before, but I want you to show you the show, show this Chinese video. Show the African picture. Look at that. Having church with floods. Flood didn't stop them. Show, show the Philippines. Look at that. That's over their ankles. Still having church. That's revival. That's revival. If that, if that can't make you shout, I don't know what can make you shout. You had Chinese had never had a Bible. They grabbed the Bible and they're kissing the Bible. When America is running for the silver and gold, they're running to the word. They're running to this word. Oh, there's a flood. Where are you going? Going to church. Where are you going to go? In the sanctuary. Why? Because I love Jesus. I don't care how deep it may be. But God forbid if a wind blows our way and it's a little harsh. Oh, I'm just going to stay home and watch it on TV. That's why America does not have revival. Do you realize every three seconds, every three seconds, a Chinese is, is transformed to kingdom status. Every three seconds. Every three seconds, a Chinese, is tra- a Chinese person is transformed to kingdom, sa- kingdom status. I thought it was 28, and I looked at it, and it's three seconds. Every three seconds. 
They said they did a study and they were saying in the next 20 to 30 years, Chinese will have more people saved than America. And right after that is Africa. We wonder why China is having a Pentecostal revival. We wonder why Africa is having a Pentecost revival. We wonder why the Philippines are having revival. It's because they have a hunger. They have taken Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, and they have put it to practice. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Hallelujah. And that transformation of every three seconds, that averages 28,800 people every 24 hours. Think about that. Every three seconds, some Chinese is getting transformed at kingdom status. So, hey, they've been talking about this for a while on the news. China's taking over. Guess what? China is going to own heaven. Amen. Amen. Africa is going to own heaven. Why? Because they have a hunger. They have a thirst for righteousness. And they don't care if it's flooded. They're going to church. They're going to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Because they realize if they seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will have to be added unto them. What is all these things? They want souls, souls, souls. Oh, they're persecuted. Oh, they're beaten. They're killed. They're beheaded. But guess what? For every head that is chopped up, somebody's getting saved. Hallelujah. But meanwhile, oh, I'll just stay home. We got to stop this mess. How hungry and thirsty are you for Pentecostal revival? Remember I told you God has impregnated you with this fire. But if you want to birth it, you got to have a hunger and thirst and say, God, this is coming out of me now. I can't carry it any longer. What happens when you hunger and thirst for revival? Divine redirection. Divine redirection. Where there is a demand, there will be a supply. God always pours himself out on those that are hungry and thirsty for him. Who wants to see an outpouring of a loving God? Who wants to see an outpouring of a loving God in your own personal life? Who wants to see an, a true outpouring of a loving God upon yourself? Oh, come Lord, right now, do it to me, do it me, do it to me. Oh, I want to shut up now and let you speak. I just want to shut up, go and pour out right now. I don't need to speak anymore. I want you to speak. You speak a lot better than I do. But you got to allow yourself for that to happen. You got to allow yourself to be redirected. You can't run after the silver and gold. It's not about your kingdom. It's about his kingdom. You got to stop putting all your putting all put, killing yourself and trying to establish your kingdom. Do you realize when you die, my brother, you ain't taking it with you? So why are you working yourself like a slave and working yourself thinking you're going to take it with you? You ain't going to take the silver and gold with you. 
You ain't going to take the house. You ain't going to take the car. You ain't going to take all that education. You're not going to take nothing with you. So why are you working yourself silly? I don't get it. You would, if you would learn this truth that about uh, in Matthew chapter 6, if you just learn to seek first the kingdom of God, you, it would take all this pressure off of you. You're, a lot of people are so full of anxiety because they're trying to figure out how they're going to survive. We're not called to survive. We have, been, we have been born again to thrive. We don't survive. We thrive. Why? Because of Pentecostal revival. Go back and read it. Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 3, 4, 5. Read, read the whole book of Acts and watch how, watch how God provided. In the midst of persecution, in the midst of under the tyranny of Roman law, the church, all that was taking place, they thrived. And God provided. And the church grew daily. Why? Because of divine redirection. They, they embraced revival. And when they embraced revival, they had divine redirection from promised failure to promise accomplishment. They were no longer failures. In that day of Pentecost, they were no longer failures. They, were, they began to accomplish what God had called them according to his purpose and grace. Now who wants this outpouring of the love of God? Joel chapter 2. In Joel chapter 2, verse 13. Then we're going to drop down to verse 28 and 30 through 32. Joel chapter 2 says, And rend your heart and, and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God. Look at that. Rend your heart, not your garments. So many times they would rend their garments. Job, when he saw all that he went through, everything that he went in, and he saw everything, he, he ripped his clothes. And he, and he put himself in sackcloth, and he just dumped off, you know, oh, woe is me. And God's saying, I don't, I'm not looking for that anymore. I'm not looking for that. He says, rend your heart, not your, and turn unto the Lord your God. For he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repenteth him of evil. Verse 28. And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams. How many of you old men want to dream some dreams? And your young men shall see visions. How many young men want to see some visions? And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. So in other words, this wasn't just exclusive to certain people. This was for everybody. In those days will I pour out my spirit and I will show wonders in heaven and in the earth. Blood, fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whatsoever shall, shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For, for in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance as the Lord hath said and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. I don't know about you, but I'm that remnant. Hallelujah. 
I'm that remnant. I'm part of that remnant. Hallelujah. Aren't you part of that? Aren't you part of that remnant? Oh, I'm, a, I'm one of those remnant people. Who are you? I'm a remnant. I'm a remnant. I'm a remnant man. I'm a remnant man. Oh, oh, I'm not going to get left behind. Oh, I'm going to be a part of this new Holy Ghost Pentecostal revival. Hallelujah. But for that to happen, you got to rend your heart. In other words, you got to make yourself right before God. You can't bring God with the same old raggedy, raggedy clothes. No, 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 no. No, you know, you've been, you, that all been taken off of you when you got born again. You don't, you don't wear the same clothes as you did in the world. Uh-uh, you got new clothes. You got righteous clothes. Holy clothes. Sanctified clothes. That ain't going to show your flesh. We'll move on. This prophetic word was proven. This prophetic word in Joel chapter 2 was proven in Acts chapter 2, verse 17 through 21. This prophetic word, Peter got up there. Not the denying, cut your ear off, profanity, Peter. But Simon Peter, upon this rock I will build my church, Peter. And he began to prophesy in Acts chapter 2, verse 17 through 21. He says, this was that that was said in the prophet of Joel. What was he doing? He was reiterating the prophetic word that God gave the prophet Joel. This prophetic word is alive today. God's word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What must the body do to get back to this Pentecostal revival? Acts chapter 2. Now you can go to Acts chapter 2. Are we having fun? What must we do? What must the body do to get back to Pentecostal revival? Verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent. I love that. What must we do? Repent. Oh, it doesn't stop there. You may be here today and say, you know, I find myself missing out on this Pentecostal revival. I find myself not being up to par and where God is. But I'm here to tell you, hey, you can repent today. You can repent today and get back in order, get back in line, get back in the presence of God and be a part of that remnant and receive this Holy Ghost Pentecostal revival. But it doesn't stop there. They said, what must we do? He says, you need to repent and be baptized. Every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sin, ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You need to repent and you need to get baptized. If you find yourself in the world, you need to repent and you need to get baptized. Because you ain't transformed if you're in the world right now. If you find yourself in the church and in the world, in the church and in the world, you ain't, you ain't born again. Because you can't have both. God is a jealous God. He ain't going to share himself with nobody. Just like a man ain't going to share his wife, he ain't going to share his bride. The world will share their bride. 
The world will, because they have no problem sleeping with anybody. They don't have a problem sleeping with anybody. Because when flesh says, I need, flesh gets what it wants. But that ain't God. God says, uh-uh, I'm a holy God. No, 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 you married to me. And I don't share. You ain't going to sleep with the devil. Because if you sleep with the devil, you tainted. And I don't want that disease on me. See, sin carries a disease called death. Sin will kill you. And you can't play with death. Because if you play with death long, long enough, it'll bite you. And once it bites you, you get infected. And once that infected infection takes place, it gets in your bloodstream. And your bloodstream, when it gets in your bloodstream, you're dead. You're dead. It's called blood poisoning. But when you accept Jesus Christ, oh, you get transfusion. You're no longer your blood. you got the blood of Christ flowing in you. Hallelujah. That means there ain't no sin in your body because according to Romans chapter 8, there's no more condemnation. You've been redeemed. There ain't, that's why you when you get saved, when you get truly born again, when I mean by truly born again, I'm talking about saved, sanctified, and full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I'm not talking about confession. If you want confession, go to the Catholic Church down the road. We ain't looking for confessions. We're looking for transformations. Because transformation is what's going to get you to heaven, not confessions. And we just confess our sins. We think we're all right with God. Then you find yourself right back in there sleeping with the enemy again. You didn't change. You just got a quick fix. You're like a druggie. Oh, I, I, I'm tired of feeling numb. I need to get a quick fix. Stick me, Lord. Oh, he's faithful and just to stick you. But if you just let him hold on and let him keep it inside you, he'll clean you out. Well, you don't have to go through a program. You can be delivered today. But I love what he said after he preaches all through that agenda. He explains everything. They say, what must we do? He says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the remission of sin. And, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise is unto you and to your children. I love that the promise is unto you and to your children. And to all that are afar off, it doesn't matter. You, your children, and those afar off. In other words, it doesn't matter where they are. Even so, even as many as the Lord your God shall call. I love that. Even as the Lord your God shall call. I love that. God calls, not man. We're saved according to the holy call, not according to our works. And with many others... Words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourself from the, this outward generation. Then they, uh, untoward, sorry. Thank you, Mom. That's why she's here. She's my dictionary. And they that gladly receive his word were baptized, and the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Oh, wait, it doesn't stop there. And they continually steadfastly, in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread in the prayers and the fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles and all that believed were together and, and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had needed. And they continually daily with one accord in the temple and breaking the bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor 
with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. What must the body of Christ do to get back to Pentecostal revival? Repent and be baptized. Continue in the apostles' doctrine. In other words, continue in this living word that we hold in. Continue in it. In other words, hey, okay, you got transformed. Guess what? You need to be poured into. You need to be taught. You need, to, you need to have an understanding of what you did because you're not that person anymore that you used to be. You've been transformed. And the only way you're going to do that is that you need to be a part of a church. That's why we have this place. Oh, but I'm the church at home. No, you're not. You need to be in an environment where you're being poured into, where you can learn, where, you, where iron sharpens iron. None of us are an island to ourselves. There was a connection that took place. Only by the Holy Spirit this was possible. Because the last thing every knew, everybody knew about Peter was he, he cut somebody's ear off and he denied. Think about it. That's the last thing they remember Peter. He cut somebody's ear off, and he denied. But look what God did. A divine redirection took place. And in that divine redirection, a suddenly came forth. And every time a suddenly happens, a move of God takes place. There's a suddenly here. There's a suddenly right here. How many of you want a suddenly to take place in your life right now? How many of you want something to happen like it did in Acts chapter 2? In Acts chapter 2, when they were in one accord, suddenly there came a move of God. Acts chapter 9, Paul of Saul of Tarsus had, was full of indignation, and he was out to destroy the, what was happening he was mad. He was upset. And he felt in his spirit that it was his duty to take, to, to capture all those people that, that, that were in that upper room that have taken, that were Pentecostal revival. And then all of a sudden, as he's on his road, he's on the road to Damascus, a suddenly happens. And in that suddenly, he was knocked off his horse. Maybe that's what it's going to take for you to wake up. Maybe, it, maybe a knocking off your horse of pride is what it's going to take for you to wake up. And I love that whole story. You can go back and read it in Acts chapter 9 where Jesus began to speak. And there was people with him. There were soldiers with them, and they heard, they heard it, but they didn't see it. They didn't see it. But Peter's like, who are you? Yes, Lord. What was he doing? He was surrendering to Jesus. He surrendered himself to Jesus. Oh, there, what they don't tell you is there was another suddenly that took place, not only in the Saul of Tarsus, but there was a suddenly that took place in Ananias. Because Ananias was one of the people that got caught up in that revival. And all of a sudden, God says, hey, you need to minister to Saul of Tarsus. 
Who? What you talking about, God? He was full of fear. A suddenly had to take place. A redirection had to take place not only in Saul of Tarsus, but in Ananias. Because if the redirection did not take place in Ananias, Saul would have walked around blind. I'm going to get you. But Ananias had to minister to him. Then God began to speak to Saul. And it says, I have called you. I have called you. Not according to your works, but I have called you. I have called you. You are my vessel. You are my vessel. Oh, a murderer can be God's vessel. Yes, he can. Thank you. Keep playing. Hallelujah. Oh, it doesn't stop there. Acts chapter 16. Paul and Silas had to deal with a demon, a sorcerer. There was a sorcerer there. And he was making money off this, 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 uh, I mean, I'm not saying a little girl, this young lady. This guy was making money off her and all of a sudden, no longer Saul, but it was Paul because he had a transformation. Got a little tired of that devil because that devil was, was just, wouldn't shut up. And he rebuked the devil. And the owner of that, that little, that lady got mad because he was making money. Because, you know, she would read your palm. She would tell you your horoscope. Oh, kind of like a lot of people go. Today they go to go read your palm, count the cards. Got all these little statues everywhere. Paul did, rebuked the devil. The devil left. Guy got mad and... They grabbed Paul and Silas and they threw them in jail. They beat them, threw them in jail. Now Paul and Silas, they could have sat there and say, this ain't fair. This ain't right. I'm preaching the gospel. The favor of God is supposed to be mine. God makes a way. Why am I in this jail? I'm hurt. I'm in pain. I've been beaten. No, they didn't have that attitude. They begin to praise. They begin to praise and they begin to worship God. And when they begin to praise and worship God, they did not give the devil any credit whatsoever. And they begin to praise and worship God. And a suddenly took place. And in that settling, there was a shaking. Hallelujah. Come on, Lord. Come on, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Now you understand why we did a whole thing on praise and worship. Because praise and worship changes your attitude. What was meant for evil will turn always into good. And they begin to praise and they begin to wear and there was a, there was a suddenly took place and it began to shake that whole jail cell where the, the doors opened, the shackles came off, the doors opened. 
And in the midst of all that, the devil still try to sh show himself, and the and the and the keeper of the of the of the of the, of the prison was going to kill himself. And Paul said, "Wait!" The spirit of revival came on him. Even though he was beaten, even though he was in pain, the spirit of revival came on him. It says, all is here. Don't kill yourself. And Paul, Messiah, the, 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 it was said that in Acts chapter 16, the gate, the gate, the, the keeper of the prayer, he took them and he cleaned them up. He cleaned them up and, and, and he asked them, what must I do? And he says, you need to, you need to get saved. And the, because of the spirit of revival came on it, the jail cell, the, the, the jailer got saved. And it wasn't just him. His entire household got saved. Every time there is a suddenly, God will show himself. Man cannot create a suddenly. Only God can. We have to be like Acts chapter 2. We have to be willing to yield ourselves for however long it takes in an upper room. It may be uncomfortable for you, but there's a, there's, a, there's a stripping, there's a consecration taking place. We may have to go through a knocking off the horse situation because of our stubbornness, our pride. We may find ourselves in the jail, preaching the gospel. Oh, that'll never happen in America. <laughs> it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. But what kind of attitude are you gonna have? If your attitude is not in checked, you'll have the wrong attitude and there will not be a shaking and there will not be an ability for revival to take place. What stifles Pentecostal revival is the I can'ts. I can't do that. I can't do this. I can't say that. I, I, I can't. You better be careful in saying I can't because your I can't will turn into I won't do it. When Philippians tells us, verse, chapter 4, verse 13, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Be careful when you say I can't, because your can'ts will turn into I won't. Pastor Thad, these are different times. No, they're not. It's not different times. It's the same thing going on. Sin hasn't changed. Sin's just more magnified than it was back then. Why? Because we have all this social network. We got television. We got computers. We have, we have everything that just magnified. But guess what? They were fornicating then as they were fornicating now. They were committing adultery just like, they were, just like they're committing adultery now. They were getting drunk just like they're getting drunk. They were doing drugs just like they were doing drugs like they're doing drugs now. They were killing innocent babies just like they're killing innocent babies now. They, they are denying Christ just like they deny Christ now. Nothing's changed. Sin is still sin. 
But where what stifles Pentecostal revival is when the church says, I can't. And you keep talking that, your I can'ts will turn and I won't. And that jail cellar needs to be saved. Just think. Ananias would have never said yes to God, would not allow the Holy Spirit to redirect, redirect his life. Saul would have, Paul would have stayed Saul and Gentiles would have never got the good news. We would not have the New Testament. But because they were willing to yield themselves and allow the Holy Spirit to redirect, redirect them, revival took place what say you ALM today be like those individuals be like those individuals in that upper room be like those Chinese people that you saw grabbing the word of God and kissing it be like those Africans and come to church no matter what time of the day, no matter what it looks like outside. Be like those Filipinos. Yes, it may be up to you over your ankles in water, but they're hungry and thirsty for revival. Get transformed today with boldness and become fearless just like those disciples, just like those apostles. Be transformed with boldness and become fearless. That is what God is calling this church to be, to be bold and to be fearless. And without redirection of Pentecostal revival, we will stay scared and we will live in the I can'ts. And meanwhile, hell widens itself. I don't know about you, but I made a decree not my family, not my children, not my neighbors, not my coworkers, not my friends. Nobody is going to hell on my watch. And matter of fact, I think you said it too. But did you mean it? Did you mean it? Because if you didn't mean it, nothing's gonna come of it. But if we mean it, God will bring redirection and the suddenly will take place. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Father, I preach your word. Now it's your job, Holy Spirit, to transform. I was obedient. I've only preached two messages. I kept it down, Lord. But now, Holy Spirit, have your way. I yield myself to you. You may be here and say, Pastor Thad, I need to be transformed. I, my life needs to be redirected. I don't like the direction my life is going. There's always something bad happening. And I'm tired of it. Good, I'm glad you're tired because if you ain't tired of it, you won't change. You got to get sick and tired to want to change. You got to hit rock bottom. If you want to change. If you're not at rock bottom, you ain't going to change. You got to get to that point where, hey, I'm done having ups and downs. I'm done failing. I'm done having bad days. 
I want good days. And that comes from the Holy Spirit. Redirecting your life. And if you're here today and say, Pastor Thad, I need redirection. I need to be transformed. Come to this altar right now. Come to this altar. Because revival could not take place in those men and women in Paul's life, in Paul and Silas' life, and in that in Ananias' life, in that jailer's life, without redirection. I am what I am today because of redirection. Because of redirection. And I'll never look back. Never. I ain't going back. I am, I am, I am fearless. I am full of boldness. I know I come across sometimes dogmatic. I come across that I sound like I'm angry. But I'm not angry. I'm not angry. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I know what's inside me. And I'm tired of the church taking a knee. I'm tired of the church suffering. I'm tired of church playing games when God has called us to be the example. To bring forth this never ever was, that's never seen, this new fire that's going to consume this world with Pentecostal revival. But it's going to take redirection. I can't do it for you. You got to do it for yourself. You got to make a decision today, those that are standing up here. You got to make a decision today and say, you know what? I'm done. Enough is enough. Jesus, you're going to be my Lord. You're going to be my Savior. You're going to be my King. You're going to sit on my throne. You're in charge of my life. I surrender to you. And my brother, if you're willing to do that, it'll happen. My brother over there, if you're willing to do that, it'll happen. I can't make it happen for you. I'm just going to come in agreement with you. Because I, I know what I had to do. I had to come in agreement that God, I'm not God. You are. You got to save me because if you don't save me, I'm walking. If you don't change my, my life, I'm walking. I'm done. I can't live this hypocritical life. Because, oh, I, I, I was good at it. I played it. I played it till God showed up and says, enough. You can play your parents. You can play the church, but you ain't going to play me. If you don't change, you're a dead man. That'll wake somebody up. That'll wake somebody up. I had to make a decision. And that was God's mercy and God's grace. And say, hey, I, 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 I'm, I'm here to redirect your life. Because if not, you're a dead man. And there's nothing that my parents could have done. Because it wasn't their fault. It was my fault. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Whatever you're going through, denounce it right now. Say, I, I, I'm done with it. I'm done with it. Whatever it is, whatever it is, say, I'm done with it in Jesus' name. Today, I give you my life, Jesus. I give you my everything. I recognize that you died on the cross. You went to a grave. You were resurrected for me. Holy Spirit, you transformed Jesus out of that grave. Transform me now. Redirect my life now. Into the new man of God. 
that you've called me to be. Not according to my works, but according to your purpose and grace. Transform me now. Holy Spirit, Jesus' name. Come forth right now. Holy Ghost, come forth. The evidence. No more pain, no more suffering, no more torment. Stay with them, stay with them. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, say this with me. Hey, I'm done with it. You got to say it, you got to denounce it, whatever you're going through. You gotta say, I'm done with this. I'm done with it now. Get out, get, get out of my life. I surrender to Jesus. Right now. Jesus, you died on the cross. For me. You went to hell. For me. You resurrected. For me. And today, I want to be transformed by the Holy Ghost. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Let him go, you foul devil. Holy Ghost, fill him now with your power. No more torment, no more pain, no more suffering, no more setbacks. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Jesus name hallelujah 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 say this with me I am a repentant of man I'm a repentant man from this day forward from this day forward sin is behind me sin is behind me I am transformed I am transformed I am ready for my next step I am ready for my next step for the kingdom of God kingdom of God in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name pray with him pray with him pray with him hallelujah hallelujah anybody else anybody else how many of you want to suddenly how many of you want to suddenly right now what you waiting for what you waiting for what you waiting for hallelujah hallelujah thank you Lord Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Those who just came forward, make sure you write with God. Make sure you write with God. You come to God with a repentant heart. You come to God with a repentant heart. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. Ina la raboko shanda la raboko shanda la ramagaja. Ina la raboko shanda la. Ask, you shall receive. Seek, and you shall find. Ask, Emma, get up there. Start. Go, go. Adam, Cam. Hallelujah. Jeff, Ruthie. Hallelujah. Pastor Diane. Nothing's impossible. Nothing's impossible. Come on. You want a groundbreaking moment? Never to be the same. Never to be the same. Stop praying. Boldness. I speak boldness over you. I speak. You are fearless. Be bold. Be fearless. Be bold. Be fearless. All you out there, I want you to lay hands on each other. I want you to invoke the Holy Ghost. Come on. Stop praying for each other. You ain't going to get your, this is not spectators. We're not, you're not spectators here. I want you to lay hands on each other and stir up the Holy Ghost. Stir up that Pentecostal revival in you now. Boldness, boldness, boldness come over you. Boldness come over you. Hallelujah. Come alive. Come alive. Come alive. Come alive. 